Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host, and today I have with us Jamie Foster of Georgia Grinders from Atlanta, Georgia. How are you doing today, Jamie? Hey, Justin. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on this morning. You're very welcome. Uh, so, Jamie, tell us a little bit about your background and how you became a food entrepreneur. So my background is very diverse, very eclectic, and had absolutely nothing to do with food. Um, As a child, I did love to cook um, at a very young age, but my passion was with animals, and I wanted to be a veterinarian. So I ended up at the University of Georgia striving to be a veterinarian, Uh, went through the pre-vet undergrad program, and uh, unfortunately, when I graduated, I did not get into vet school, but I started a very successful career in medical sales. Um, But during that entire time, just love for food, love for cooking, love to entertain. And, you know, you could typically find me in the kitchen experimenting with different recipes and trying to find more healthy or healthier ways to create just simple food items. And, um, you know, essentially after 10, 15 years into this career in medical sales, had lost the passion for what I was doing and traveled all over the country and just knew that there was something missing in my life. And at that point, my husband and I both looked at resetting our lives, specifically my career, and kept coming back to food and didn't quite know what that looked like if it meant, you know, opening up a restaurant, a catering company, launching a food brand and started doing the the research. And, you know, about 2012 is when we officially launched Georgia Grinders Premium Nut Butters. And I mean, why nut butters? I mean, how did you land on that in particular? So once we decided that we were going to focus on a food business and doing an extraordinary amount of research, um, people said, you know, you're you're absolutely crazy to get into this business. It's extremely competitive. You're going to be fighting for shelf space. There's a million different phenomenal jams, jellies, rubs, sauces, desserts, you name it, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenging market. And if you're going to do something, you have got to have a niche product. You've got to be different. You've got to find a way to stand out. So uh, we looked at what my grandfather started making back in the seventies and this almond butter that he took so much pride in shipping all over the country and essentially what I grew up eating, um, but didn't think it was anything extraordinary or special except for the fact that all of my friends and family and everybody in college would steal it from me. And with nut butters being one of the fastest growing food categories back in 2012, 2013, people were looking at more of the health benefits associated with them. It, it was like a light bulb went off and it was a great way to honor my grandfather and his innovation towards health and wellness while being on trend with one of the fastest growing food categories, nut butters. And I think it's pretty awesome that you sort of, you came across this when you did and, and the popularity that nut butters are having, especially with alternatives to peanut butter. Although I do believe you do have a peanut butter. Is that correct? Yes, we do have a peanut butter line, um, you know, but I think back in, you know, nut, nut 
well, peanut butter in general, you know, you look at some of the popular brands out there, they're, they're chocked full of sugars, hydrogenated oils, and, you know, I've always been looked at, yeah, they taste great, but they're not necessarily healthy. And for us and our brand, we wanted to focus on being something a little bit different and highlighting the health benefits of nuts and how you can incorporate them into, you know, just about everyone's diets, you know, kids, adults, the elderly, um, you know, and people that are trying to lose weight because you need the healthy fats and proteins to sustain energy and keep going. So this was a product that could fit into the lives of everybody's and let's focus on the health benefits and the innovative ways in which you can use nut butters and not just that traditional peanut butter and jelly sandwich that was chocked full of, you know, all the sugars, hydrogenated oils, emulsifiers and preservatives. I know any peanut butter and jelly sandwich that could last in my backpack for like a day and a half before I ate it and still be good. I, you have to wonder what kind of preservatives are in that thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, but that's that's all anybody knew. You know, nut butters were, you know, peanut butter in general was something that they could make in the in bulk and ship all over the world. It was going to have a two to three year shelf life, and you know, you didn't have to think twice about it. Um, well, and I want to pause right here uh, just so the audience can see it. But you have tens of thousands of followers on Instagram and, and Facebook, which is so incredible. And so could you just tell the audience what your website is and, and where they can find you guys on social media? Yes. Yeah, so our, our website is georgiagrinders.com. It talks a little bit about us, our history, uh, where to find some of our products. But as we continue to grow, it's, it's difficult to keep our, our website updated uh, with the latest and greatest retailers. So, you know, we being based in the Southeast, we have a heavy presence at the Whole Foods, the Fresh Market stores, Sprouts, Kroger, Publix. Um, as you Go up the East Coast. You can find our products at King's Market, Balducci's in, in Texas at Central Market. And then, of course, a lot of specialty gourmet shops around the country like Italy. And then, of course, online through our website and Amazon.com. So really, depending on where you're locating with the Internet, everybody can find our products. Yeah, we always stop at um, Farmview Market and pick up your products on our way to from Atlanta to Milledgeville. So there's yeah. there's a stop there as well. And um, just so the audience knows how we know Jamie, uh, Deborah and I is through the Flavor of Georgia contest. And, you know, you guys have such phenomenal products. And I just, it's so impressive. So... I want to I want to continue to tell your story, but I also I want to sort of give the audience and I a visual idea since this is audio of the products that you guys carry. So, we just go through some of your product lines. If you know all of them off the top of your heads, please go ahead and share those. But and I mean they're just so brilliant in the way you create the flavors and the different flavor profiles. I I want to make sure I do it justice by having you talk about them. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I can talk about all of them in detail as each one of them uh, has a special spot in my life. But like I said, we, we launched our original flavor of almond butter, which is based off of my grandfather's recipe for almond butter back in the 70s. And essentially, he started making almond butter you know, as a way to combat his genetic predisposition to cardiovascular disease. You know, basically, both of his brothers died in their 
early 50s and he told the doctors, I am not going to follow your protocol. And before anyone knew what clean eating and healthy eating was, you know, essentially he started adopting that, that clean lifestyle and almond butter was a huge part of it. So when we launched Georgia Grinders in 2012, um, we had one skew and that was our original flavor of almond butter. And um, just based on customer feedback and, um, you know, market research, it was easy for us to launch three additional flavors about a year later. And that's where we came up with the honey roasted almond butter, the maple caramel almond butter, and then, of course, the salt-free almond butter, too. So those were our four products, and that's all we had for about a year and a half. And then we realized, you know what, we're, we're really on to something. And we, we own an operator manufacturing facility, and we've really honed and refined the production process as it relates to nut butters. And then, of course, being located in the great state of Georgia, it only made sense to look into our backyard. And, you know, that's where we started making peanut butter and pecan butter so that we could support our local agricultural and focus exclusively on what Georgia grows. So that's where we, we, as we continue to grow, it didn't make sense to call it natural almond peanut butter or natural almonds pecan butter. And we decided at this point, you know, we're going to continue to launch subsequent almond butters or excuse me, nut butters. And we need to go ahead and rebrand our company and keep it simple and that's where Georgia Grinders was born. Um, we wanted people to know exactly where we were located, Georgia, and what we do, and that's grind nuts. So everything was rebranded under Georgia Grinders. And uh, again, focusing on just very clean and simple ingredients. And since then, we've launched our cashew butter and then our hazelnut butter. And we've done some blends with some pecans and peanut butters, too. But I think what you'll find with our brand just being very simple and clean, um, you'll never find additional sugars, no oils, no emulsifiers or preservatives. Essentially, it's premium nuts and a touch of sea salt. Well, and it's amazing that it's so popular. So, I mean, we talked about the almond butter flavors. What are the flavors of the pecan, the peanut, the cashew, and... I'm missing one that you just said, but I think hazelnut. Said, hazelnut, yep. And so, what are some of those flavors? So we do have a flavor. We did a pecan peanut blend, and that has cinnamon vanilla. But everything else is very plain. That's just it. As we continue to grow and refine our brand, our our philosophy is to keep everything very clean and simple. And so at this point, we aren't going to launch new flavor profiles uh, because we ultimately want to let the consumer decide what they ultimately pair the nut butters with. And if we create too many flavor profiles, essentially we're, we're cannibalizing sales of our other nut butters. Um, but we will launch additional nut butter varieties such as pistachio butter, walnut butter, um, but it, it, enhancing it with flavors takes away from our vision to create just squeaky clean nut butters. And, wh and what were those? So you said uh, you're looking at pistachio. What was the other type of nut? 
pistachio and uh, walnut. And walnut, some I've, of the big ones that we've uh, had a lot of interest in from consumers and retailers. Oh, that's interesting. I've never tried pistachio butter, but I've got to imagine I love pistachios. That's got to be pretty good. I love pistachio ice cream also, but it's oh yeah, it's yeah. one of those things that's uh, such a great idea, and I love that you're keeping it natural and. I mean, so does most of the ideas for your products then come from the customers that bring them to you, or is it something you and your husband talk about? It. I mean, how do you sort of envision the new product lines that you, you create, or, or the new butters? I mean, is it just naturally makes sense to jump from nut to nut, or is it something that you get demand from, or your audience, uh, or customers, excuse me, ask for? Yeah, I mean, great question. It's It's been an evolution since 2012. You know, quite frankly, I thought, you know, we'll just keep making, you know, 20 different flavors of almond butter. But as we've really refined our brand um, and our partnership through Whole30, it only made sense for us to focus on the clean, the simple, the pure nut butters. And because we are so active in the community, you know, and trade shows and consumer shows we're constantly sampling product and i i listen to what everybody says and the feedback they provide us and look at trends in the marketplace and what's the next hot item and you know we do all the r&d essentially ourselves and let friends and family taste it let those that come to the farmers market taste it and take it from there um, but we have a great, great support from our retailers that give us feedback too, and what they're seeing from consumer requests. Well, and I have two comments on that actually. And I myself, um, I am in the food business, in the health, health food business specifically and mostly. Uh, we obviously do co-packaging and stuff like that. But I have myself have followed Whole Thirty as my diet. Uh, I wouldn't say to the T, but pretty close every day in my life. Um, I have my slips here and there. But I want to explain to the audience what a Whole30 is. Um, if it, I mean, do you mind talking about that just, just quickly? Because I think it's important to understand how your butters fit into that picture. Yeah, so Whole30 essentially is a 30-day reset of your diet, your life, your attitude towards food, just overall well-being. And, you know, some people use it as an initial tool to just jumpstart their healthy lifestyle and become more educated and read labels. You know, so many people don't read labels and understand all of the unnecessary ingredients being added to food. Um, while you have others that are extremely knowledgeable when it comes to nutrition, but every once in a while you've, you've fall off the wagon, you live life to the fullest, and it's just time to do a, a simple reset for 30 days. And to your point, Justin, you said, you know, you try to follow it, but you have your moments. Um, it's not necessarily meant to be exceeded past the 30-day mark, um, because at that 30-day mark, you slowly start to reintroduce foods that you've eliminated during that 30-day time period. So don't don't beat yourself up that you, you aren't... Uh, living the whole 30 lifestyle every single day. But with whole 30, you know, you're, you're essentially eliminating dairy, wheat, bread, sugars, you know, any processed sugar, 
and you're eating whole foods that include, you know, fresh fish, proteins, no dairy, um, let's say nuts, fruits and vegetables, and you're avoiding legumes. So with, with Whole30, you know, it's you're eliminating certain foods for 30 days. And those foods include sugars, processed foods, breads. Gosh, what else did I, what else am I missing here? And you're, you're just eating fruits and vegetables and healthy protein. And for that, and of course, alcohol too. And for those 30 days, you know, you follow the strict protocol. And after the 30 day time period, you start to reintroduce the foods you eliminated. But there's a careful reintroduction phase because you don't want to load everything up at once so that you can truly pinpoint and identify the trigger foods that make you, you know, feel bloated, give you a headache, make your face break out, um, that you possibly have intolerances to. Um, fortunately for, for Georgia Grinders, nuts are included on Whole30 with the exception of peanuts because they are legumes and you avoid legumes on Whole30. But there's so many nut butters like we've been discussing that have the additional sugars, the additional oils. And again, ours have two very simple clean ingredients, the premium quality nut and sea salt. So we have a unique partnership with Whole30 in which, you know, they've scrutinized the ingredients, the manufacturing process. They know us personally. And it's an honor to have five SKUs that are Whole30 approved where we can put the label on the Whole30 approved label on our packaging. And that includes our original and our salt-free almond butter, our cashew butter, our pecan butter, and our hazelnut butter. And again, like I said, you cannot have any additional sugars on Whole30. So that's why the honey roasted and the maple caramel almond butters are not part of Whole30. And then, like I said, peanuts are legumes, which are not part of the Whole30 approved program. And that's why our peanut butters and our pecan peanut blends are not part of the Whole30 approved items. And uh, I think it's one of the things that is so interesting about it uh, for me personally, and I'm going to go off on a little tangent, is that as I did it, when the things that I learned, so I used to think I had really dry skin on my hands and my elbows and my knees, just to be graphic, and, uh, and embarrassingly so. But it, my hands would peel and my elbows would peel, my knees would peel. And then like I started doing CrossFit and was looking at the paleo, but someone recommended I do the whole 31st to just check my diet. And I discovered I'm actually, I have allergic, an allergy to gluten and I have an allergy to white potatoes. And I have an allergy to, um, to a little bit of sugars and alcohol and things like that that actually would cause me, my skin to peel off my hands and my knees and my elbows pretty badly and even parts of my legs. So when I used the Whole30, it actually fixed that problem. Well, it helped me identify it, number one, but now it's helped me fix that problem so I don't have it as much. And as soon as I slip, I mean... I can now identify it's a food allergy thing. It's And the oddest thing I will say is that I can eat bread in Europe, but I can't eat bread here in the United States. That's one of the weird anomalies. And um, and certain it depends on what white potatoes here and there. Uh, certain ones and french fries and chips cause problems. Other ones don't. But uh, obviously I test my boundaries because who can go without french fries for too long? But it's, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> 
it's uh it's one of those things that I think it's such a cool thing that you're a part of it. So I know we got off on a tangent, but I wanted to explain to the audience one because we hadn't talked about Whole Thirty before, and two because your nut butters those specific categories that they fit into and the ones that are improved are such an important part of of doing the whole 30 and having it, you know, switch out peanut butter for an alternative nut butter that, that has different health benefits to it. And, you know, and it's not peanuts. And I think, you know, in this, the world we live in today, I actually like almond butter better, but it takes, I don't like all almond butters. And one of the reasons I love having you guys on the show is because I actually love your almond butters and it's something I mix them into my smoothies. I mix them, you know, onto my, you know, I'll make uh, gluten-free bread, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And, and some of the jellies and preserves come from other Georgia grown people such as yourself. But I mean, I now know the difference and I can feel the difference and I'm still a huge fan of peanut butter. There's no way that that's one of the hardest things. I, I go through these periods where I'll literally eat jars of, of your peanut butter just so the audience knows like it doesn't last very long. But the almond butters to me are that, you know, that that healthier option that, you know, that that way of of I don't know, I feel better when I eat almond butter versus too much peanut butter. Um, with the exception that actually your peanut butter is so good and so natural, I don't see the necessary adverse effects that are normally associated with peanut butter or peanuts in general. Yeah, well, first of all, I love to hear how much you love our products. So thank you. Thank you. They, uh, you know, that, that's our business model is to get people going through multiple jobs, multiple jars each week. So <laughs> thank you for supporting it there. But, uh, you know, to your point about peanut butter, you know, not, you know, I, Fortunately for you, you were able to identify that, you know, through Whole30, that that just wasn't something that sat well with you, while others don't necessarily have an issue with peanuts. And, you know, as we we own an operator manufacturing facility, and obviously peanut allergies are a, a hot topic in, in the news today, but we see just no consistency across the board with allergies. You know, somebody might have an allergy to almonds, which are a tree nut, but not an allergy to cashews or pecans. And they might have no issues with peanuts and not be able to tolerate tree nuts at all. So, you know, it is, so everybody's so different and so specific, but I do think going through a Whole30 really helps you to understand how your body operates so that you can ultimately find that food freedom and what works for you. And if it's something you have to avoid 100%, well, you know that, um, or maybe you can have it in moderation and just know that, you know, you need to clean it up for a couple of weeks after that should you choose to en enjoy that particular food item. Um, but, you know, nutritionally across the board, peanuts, you know, I hate to give them a bad rap, you know, because so many people do have to avoid them. But if you look at it from a nutritional standpoint and a cost per ounce as it relates to nutrition, I mean, peanuts can feed the masses for, for relatively low cost. So um, we always got to give love to the peanut and, the you know, our peanut product, which is why it is so simple and clean with just our Georgia grown peanuts roasted perfection and ground with a touch of sea salt because they they do serve a huge purpose in, in feeding the masses with very clean ingredients um and so i i want to take a, a step back now um to what we were talking about before because we've kind of we've really dove into the products but 
I wanted to talk about, I mean, you were in medical sales, which, um, in, in least in my opinion, it's one of the best training grounds for sales that there is or was. I don't know if it's still that way, but I know a lot of people that I have worked with that have been great in sales come out of the medical sales field. And so, I mean, how did that experience in doing medical sales like prepare you for what you're doing now? Because in my opinion, and I'm just making an assumption, that it's part of the reason you're so successful in what you're doing with the all, uh, with the nut butters. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I I do think that I've I was born with the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I've always been extremely driven to succeed, and sales was a very natural talent of mine, for lack of better words. And so, being you know having a science background and wanting to be a veterinarian, rolling into medical sales was a very easy transition for me of course the companies I worked for you know they had phenomenal training but you know you can't teach that drive and that entrepreneurial spirit that has to be something that's born within an individual so um, you know transitioning from medical sales into you know running a food business to get those initial sales and to just understand the chain of command and how I needed to find the next step to make my business succeed. A lot of it was just innate, but without a doubt, it came from persistence and having grit. And every time a doctor told me no and get out of my office, I don't have time to talk to you. You have to overcome that and keep going and uh, eventually just find, find the way to make the sale. And that's true in this industry. I mean, food, food manufacturing is one beast, but then getting your product on the shelves is a totally different ball game. And, you know, hearing no a million times is very normal and being able to just overcome that and persevere. Uh, thick skin would probably be one of the things, because I agree with you, no is quite a common thing, especially before they can even try your product or whatever. It's like, you're like, well, you didn't even give me a chance. It's that persistence, which, you know, in, in, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you're going in, you're basically going in from medical office to medical office to medical office and, and door to door to door. I mean, is that the way you built your brand the same way you just took your product, your, your original almond butter and sort of just went door to door? Well, embarrassingly, yes, I did. Um, (laughs) I would drive around with a couple of cases in my car and walk into retailers that I thought would be a great fit. And I think they would laugh at me, but I would encourage them to try it and explain why it's so different. I'd leave the jar with them and just, you know, natural follow-up skills, you know, stop by the next week, place a couple phone calls. What do you think? Let's talk about some of the ways in which you can use it. And, oh, I think it would be great if you merchandised it here. And I, I do think just walking them through the process and not taking no for an answer allowed us to win shelf space on some of these, you know, smaller independent gourmet shops around Atlanta. And I did have some people that just would say, great, you know, we'll buy a case right here on the spot. Um, You know, obviously that's not a sustainable business model. You know, when you're selling (laughs) a a $12 jar of almond butter, you know, in a case a day, you know, you're not going to survive. But for us, it was, let's see how many people we can get to taste this product. 
because that's ultimately what's going to sell it. And for us starting out at local farmers markets and doing different consumer shows, we really invested a lot of time and energy in those. So once you get the customers who want to buy the product, they're going to be going into the stores asking for it. And um, then, you know, it would allow us to grow further into larger retailers and distribution channels. But and for me to get in the car and drive around with a case of almond butter now would definitely not be the best use of my time. But that's what I did. I did that for a solid year. Yeah, and I think it's uh, important just from the perspective of that is what it takes to really be a food entrepreneur at the beginning. You you have a tangible thing that actually people need to taste, and it's the story's great and whatever, but the consumers need to demand it and demand it from the stores, number one. But number two is how else are you going to get your product out there? I mean, it's literally there's no other way other than people to test it. And in my own experience, and I did this with fried chicken distribution of seasonings and, and oils and things like that as we had a business is that if you can't, if it's not something that's easily um, edible, like just a scooping out of peanut butter, you know, for fried chicken for the, the point I'm trying to make is that I had to go around and try to figure out how to make fried chicken everywhere. But you had, we had to do it because people had to try the products, try the coatings, try the oils, try the, you know, test the fryer, the pressure fryers that made it and things like that. And so it's one of those things where, I mean, hindsight, I'm just like, oh my gosh, driving all over the place, smelling like fried chicken. Um, you know, even doing, getting a small trailer to do it, to just demonstrate it. But basically the stories are the same. There's no other way to get your product out there without the actual entrepreneur going to tell their stories and getting people to taste their product. So I mean, I think it's so important. One is that you had the experience in sales and the grit and the perseverance through learning sales through the medical industry to go out and do it and not give up. Uh, you know, because a year is a long time. Like I, I remember myself just a year of doing it and trying to get a product out there and working with a sales team that we had to do it. It seemed like forever. Every day was so long and could be so frustrating. And when you're selling one-offs or a box of this and a box of that you're like oh my gosh am I ever going to make it and so it's just a really cool thing and and fortunately for me I had other businesses at the time but I mean there was that feeling am I doing the right thing is this what I'm supposed to be doing you know how do I get this thing to be more popular and then you hit sort of a tipping point where you've done it enough where the thing starts to have legs of its own and people demand it and people want that in the convenience stores, at least in my case, um, that product and want that flavor and start demanding it on a regular basis. And I believe it's the same for you guys because, you know, I go to Farmview Market uh, all the time, but I don't leave there ever not seeing someone pick up one of your products. And so that to me is people know your brand and people know your product. They like the labels. They like the product. They, they obviously have tasted it or had someone that has recommended it. So your product's now really doing a lot of the marketing itself, I feel like. Well, I love to hear that. Um, I mean, I, I still feel like I spend an extraordinary amount of time educating people on ways to use almond butter. I mean, when we started back in 2012, so many people hadn't even heard of almond butter or the different varieties of nut butters out there. And you would 
really have to have a very basic conversation to say, no, it's just like peanut butter, but it's made with almonds and being able to tell that story and the, you know, of how, where it came from and how it's evolved. They were genuinely interested in it. And then, you know, you would get some that had tried almond butter before and just simply hated it because let's be honest, there are a lot of really bad nut butters out on the marketplace and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but then it was really getting them to taste the product and change their perception that, you know, our almond butter is really different and just please taste it because you're, you're going to taste the difference and I'll explain to you why. Um, but, you know, our, as we talk more and more about the different ways to use nut butters and everything from smoothies to, you know, sauces to baked goods to, you know, just essentially you can incorporate nut butters into every meal of the day, whether that's breakfast, lunch, dinner, a snack. I mean, heck, we even make after dinner cocktails with nut butters now um, for dessert drinks. But just the the vast uses of nut butters and talking to people about it has allowed our brand to really succeed too. Um, well, you know, I, but back to and I notice oh, on your website that you have recipes. So if the audience is curious about some of the alternative things for nut butters and, and they have a curiosity, they can go to your website and look at recipes and things for that also. That's correct. Our, we're actually in the process of revamping our, our recipe section on our website because it is so extensive, what, what we have that's not posted. So I always encourage people to go to our Instagram page, which our handles Georgia Grinders, and you're going to see just the gorgeous pictures, but very simple combinations of foods that pair phenomenally with nut butters. Um, so you can create these smoothie bowls at home. You can create healthy muffins, um, Asian inspired sauces, and pretty much the full, the full gamut of recipe inspiration. And so I, I want to ask this question um, on a different topic because we sort of touched upon it, but um, I, I turned the conversation in a different direction, but do you then have machines that are specifically for almonds, specifically for peanuts, specifically for each nut based on the peanut allergy or the almond allergy? So when we started, we made almond butter exclusively. And as we needed to expand our manufacturing facility, at that point, it made sense to have a dedicated line specifically for almond butter and then a separate line specifically for peanut butter and pecan butter. And as we've launched additional nut butters, those are all manufactured on the peanut butter and the pecan butter line. So currently our almond butter is still made on a dedicated line, but we are moving into our new facility in the next month or two. And at that point we will have our tree nut line and then the peanut butter line will be completely separate. Yeah, I was just curious, just because it seemed like a natural progression, especially as you're adding in more nuts, like the walnuts and the pistachios to separate the lines. But I wasn't sure. I've, I've never done any nut butter production or anything like that, so I'm not sure how all of that works. But um, thank yeah. you for sharing that. And that's exciting about the new facility. So, I mean, I'm going to make a note here to talk about it, but I sort of wanted to 
go back and ask, oh, the question that we touched upon is, and I agree with this, and I'll be honest, like I have had, I would say nine out of 10 times, um, and actually your product's one of the first, um, that I would say is not a poor representation of the alternative nut butters. And by alternative, I mean non-peanut butters. And even nowadays, some of the peanut butters that have come out are pretty bad. Um, but I mean, let's talk about those differences and why yours are different. If someone asked you what makes you different than, than someone else, what would you say? First and foremost, it just has to do with the quality of nuts that we source. Um, I never knew there were so many different grades and varieties and types of almonds out there or pecans or whatever the nut is. Um, but it makes a difference. Um, and, you know, from a price pricing point, too. So we start with the premium nuts. Most people think we're absolutely crazy for roasting and grinding them because they're typically used for display purposes as a beautiful topping on a cake or, you know, for the nut bowl that you're going to eat by hand and, and, and look at. So anyway, we, we do start with the big, beautiful nuts. Um, but if you think about it, they are, they have not been exposed to air. The oxidation process has not started because they're not chipped. They're not pieces. They're not remnants. And therefore, the oil content's typically higher. The flavor is still intact. And um, they, they just have a better taste in general. And that's what makes such a difference. You know, when we, we roast them, we've perfected the roasting process. We can essentially take any nut and roast it to perfection um you know they all vary in time but we just we know how to roast nuts so that when they're ground the essential oils are released and it gives it the flavor that it's designed to have um then we add just a touch of sea salt but with you know people will go to other grocery stores where they have the grinders in-house where you can grind your own nut butter on site and people think wow i'm able to grind nut butter fresh so clearly this is fresher than what georgia grinders is is making and what i always tell consumers is yes it's true you are grinding it there on the spot and yes it's probably fresher than what's on the shelf that was made maybe three weeks ago but I always encourage people to analyze what's in the hopper before they grind it and if you look at the nuts that are in the hopper they're typically chopped their pieces Uh, there's nothing wrong with them but again that oxidation process has started They've been exposed to air, and it oftentimes changes the flavor, the moisture content. They might be ever so slightly rancid. And the end product's night and day from what we produce. And it all has to do with the premium nuts that we that we start with. I want to really emphasize this because anyone who's listening in that's not a food entrepreneur, it goes back to, and and to me, there's this basic thing in food is, uh, one, why do we, you know, locally source products or why do we get products that are in their normal form and not battered and bashed? Because to your point, the quality starts to diminish when they're not in their whole form. Um, and you lose things like the natural oils that are in it and the things like that. And it's, it's, 
prevalent in your products. Like you, there, you could take do the exact same thing with broken pieces that you're doing with whole pieces, and there's a significant amount of difference. And to me, the oil that's in there is supposed to be in there, and it makes the the butters that much better. But knowing how you've done your process and uh, uh, hearing it before and, and talking to you guys uh, at the Flavor of Georgia, I think one of the key things that p- consumers need to understand is it is about that. It's not, yes, is it fresh because I grinded it then at the store? Uh, I can I agree with you, but the difference is, is we don't know how long those nuts have been setting in there or how long those nuts were in pieces or how long the other part of the process took where you know, you're getting your products in, they're premium products, they're high quality, and you're taking care of them along the whole process, including, you know, getting them on the shelf. And that's a big difference. And the big difference in food and the quality of food is a lot of the time that difference is what are the products you're sourcing? How are you handling them once you have them? How are you processing them? How are you packaging them? And then ultimately, you know, putting them out there for the consumer and you preserve the product quality the entire time you you touch the product for lack of a better term and i think that's so cool thank you exactly i mean you're absolutely right but we know we know our producers we know our farmers we know exactly how the nuts are being grown and you know, once they arrive to our facility in Chambly, they're roasted and ground immediately. They're not, we, we warehouse very little product, mainly because we don't have the space, but it would take away from our fresh model that we strive to deliver to the consumer. And again, sourcing premium ingredients, yes, our price point's a little bit higher, uh, but the end product tastes so much better because we're not having to mask the inferior quality of nut by adding additional oils or sweeteners, you know, to offset the lower quality nuts um, that some of our competitors use. And it's actually amazing. Um, just as a person, like I said, I've been doing this since 2012 is that now if I try a butter, a nut butter with added sugar or added whatever seasoning to make it taste better, it's actually too much for me. Like my palate has adjusted to the natural flavors and it prefers the natural flavor of the nuts, particularly in your butter case, uh, your nut butters, but over everyone else. So, so maybe I'm biased because I do tend to like things natural and I, I do like things the way you guys do them. And I'm very careful about my food being in the food industry for as long as I have. And as long as my family has, I've come to understand you know, food and processing and adding what adding artificial preservatives does and all the things to, to the human body and health and all that and sickness and, and healing and all of those things. But I just think that it's so important that we as consumers, I mean, you're making a healthy choice. I mean, that's the thing is that it's a conscious choice. You can either have processed peanut butter with all the artificial ingredients, like you said, the emulsifiers, the all the things that sort of now have turned something that could be somewhat healthy, if not 100% healthy, to something that's now loaded with all the things that are bad for you. Um, and sort of masking any health benefits that it has where you guys are sticking to it, which is, 
you know, why I like it. And in the world we're living in with the paleo movements and the whole 30 movements and, and people trying to clean their diets and, and read labels and eat cleanly, you know, and by eating cleanly, I mean, having clean labels, that's without any artificial ingredients that it's so cool what you guys are doing. And you're just Thank so you. far ahead. I think of a lot of other companies. And while I said there's other companies out there that are sort of doing what you're doing, and I use that term loosely, they aren't doing it to the quality that you're doing it because the way, again, you're choosing your nuts and the nuts you're procuring. So I think that's awesome. Well, and I think that's why, too, when, we, when you asked about launching a different, additional flavor profiles, for us, it, it didn't make sense to mask the superior nuts that we source you know let's let the consumer taste the premium product and then decide what they ultimately want to pair the nut butters with um and some people prefer it just to eat it out of the jar with a spoon and um just taste the nuts for what it is i know that's me i'll eat spoonfuls just so yeah. the audience knows i'm a total i can't i don't have enough patience or i, I get too excited i can't even wait to get it on a piece of gluten-free bread or whatever else I really had planned for it or in a smoothie, I end up eating it by the spoonful. So yeah, I'm, I'm a spoon girl too, straight <laughs> from the jar. I know it's just so much easier. <laughs> I mean, all, sometimes I can't sleep at night as, as many entrepreneurs probably know. Uh, we, we often think as we sleep and then have sleepless nights, but I'll end up in the, in the fridge or, or eating, you know, my nut butters of any sort I can get my hands on. And just as a, it's a huge comfort food to me. So I think that's pretty awesome. And I'm glad I get to interview you guys because I, at the Flavor of Georgia, I never really have enough time with all the contestants to tell them and the ones that I love their products, how much I love them. So I really do love what you guys are doing. Um, but to sort of talk about your new facility, I would love to talk about this. So you're obviously moving into a new facility. So you have all these headaches and your life is really busy right now. I have to imagine you're preparing to move operations from one location to another. So what has that been like? Uh, a, a long, massive delay. So <laughs> we, when we started back in 2012, we were in a thousand square feet when we launched our additional nut butters, the pecan butter, the pecan butter, the, the peanut butter, the pecan butter, we built out an additional facility so that we could have the two segregated lines. And we were in 6,000 square feet at that point. Uh, we are currently in 6,000 square feet and we are hemorrhaging and have zero space left and have been building out a new space, which essentially is going to give us 24,000 square feet. So this move can't come quick enough. It's been in the works for a while. We've had quite a few delays, um, which you just have to expect it going into it. But we should be moving in there within the next month or two, definitely this summer. In fact, over the weekend, we had four massive roasting ovens moved in that my kids climbed into and thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, but it's, it's exciting. I mean, it's a labor of love. It's a lot of work. Uh, there's been a lot of delays, headaches, frustrations. I know my employees are, you know, they're packed in like sardines and they're ready to get into this new space. And I can't thank them enough for their patience and willingness to work through the growing pains and the moving pains. 
Um, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen here in the next month or two. And, and we're excited. Yeah, when you talked about the ovens and the kids crawling in, I believe it's Hansel and Gretel, the thing. It made me think of that. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, this is the real deal, huge commercial machinery that I only dreamt of, Um, you know, but it's happening. It's here. It's no longer on just what you see in restaurants, you know, commercial equipment. This is heavy duty manufacturing volume equipment. And Um, essentially it's going to allow us to quadruple our capacity. That was going to be my question is, I mean, how much more can you produce? And does it, I mean, is there the demand for you to grow? I mean, I've got to imagine 6,000 square feet. Like when you really start buzzing, that's not a lot of space. Um, No, it's not a lot of space when you look at, you know, the number of pallets that are being delivered, you know, just for almonds alone, we'll get eight pallets in and that, that takes up a significant amount of space. And then if you think of all of the, the jars, the lids, you know, everything you have to use to seal and then, you know, stored product, outgoing pallets. No, we have very little space. And so it's, it's like a Tetris game over there every day. Well, I'm sure that one, congratulations, because making a move like that, I, I know from my own experience and, and taking a leap, I mean, you're basically multiplying your production space by four times the space you have now, which is not an easy task. And it takes a lot of courage to, to make that kind of jump because you are obviously spending a lot of capital and resources to jump to a bigger space. So I think that's awesome. And obviously I don't know if you had fear in the jump, but I, I, it sounds like you're really looking forward to it. There's definitely a lot of fear. I mean, it's 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 a huge space. But I think when we look at how far we've come since 2012 and when I talk to the consumers out there and we get glowing feedback from, you know, our retailers and and customers, it's what keeps me going. I believe in this product. I know it's different. I know it's superior. I know that we could grow significantly faster if we took on investor money. But at the same time, I want to preserve the quality of our nut butters. I want to grow organically and, um, you know, with intention so that we don't just completely flood the, the market and, you know, lose the quality behind our nut butters. Well, I think you mentioned something that's pretty important and, as a business, and that's the growing organically part, is that you want to remain in control of your brand and your products and things like that. And that's not easy. It means you have to have a lot of patience because if you don't take cash injections from outsiders or investors, it, you know you can't grow as fast as you want to because you can't put money into bigger facilities like that. But you also may prematurely grow too fast and not have the consumers to back up that growth and then make the investors unhappy. So I do feel that growing organically is so important and it also leaves you in charge of your business, which I think is awesome. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of other brands and, you know, it's like they grew overnight and they're able to do all these really cool, sexy things that consumers love to see. But um, it doesn't make sense for Georgia Grinders right now. Um, I, I want to keep on the trajectory in which we're moving and continue to gain followers and consumers and be be a part of the brand and, and what you know my grandfather ultimately would want to see too. And that's just the simple, clean family business. 
And so you mentioned being an entrepreneur since birth and, and, and have you, did you grow up in a family of entrepreneurs or is it something that just naturally was a calling for you? I definitely a family full of entrepreneurs. Um, I mean, you know, I keep talking about my grandfather because, you know, this is a tribute to him and his innovation towards health and wellness. But he was an engineer by trade and probably the most brilliant man that I've ever known. Um, but he was always find ways, finding ways to do life better, whether that was his personal life, his health, his business, you name it. And I think just watching him just constantly move forward and take risks and leaps of faith instilled that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, my father, too, and my sister, um, you know, I, I think it's just born into to the Hinsdale family. And I think that's awesome. So obviously, my next question is you talk about your children climbing in the ovens. Is there, I mean, I don't know how old your children are, but I have a feeling that just because learning from this podcast and being around entrepreneurs as long as I have, it's something that continues in families. And one of the, not everyone, obviously there's exceptions, but a majority of people come from some sort of entrepreneurial families and, and are entrepreneurs themselves. So I mean, do you have any children that are sort of taking a liking to the business or the entrepreneurial life that you see in your own family? Yeah, definitely. My kids are 11 and 8, so they have seen this, you know, their entire life. They they see, you know, everything that's happened from 2012 until till the current date. My son is going to be the CEO of Georgia Grinders one day. He is his brain is wired to be an entrepreneur in everything that he does on a day-to-day basis. My daughter on the other hand, um she will she is not as excited about the business um, because it takes away my time from spending it with her. Uh, but she loves the product. She is my chief taste tester and always will be. Uh, that, you know, that's an uh, interesting thing because I think that is part of being an entrepreneur. And we, we've talked about it a little on other episodes. But, I mean, how do you manage that family time then? Because, I mean, you're running a successful, growing business with some really awesome products. So, you know, obviously your inclination is how much time can I keep putting into this because it's being successful and I want to grow it. But then you've got to balance your family life. And, you know, and I grew up in, in an entrepreneurial family, so I understand what it's like to be the kid in the scenarios now as well as the entrepreneur. And so, and making sure you have time for the family. But how do you balance all of that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge to balance everything. Uh, but at the end of the day, I try to keep it fun for everyone. And, you know, whether that's they get to go check out the new ovens or they're going to ride around in the Georgia Grinders van with me or they're going to make a few deliveries and carry boxes in. And, uh, you know, there's some financial rewards for them, too. And they genuinely enjoy coming to the trade shows with us now, Expo West in California, because we're going to tack on a day and go to Disney. Or if we're going to go to one of our distributor trade shows, uh, fortunately, they're typically located in a fun city. And at the end of the show, we'll find time to spend as a family and, and enjoy each other's company. So you just got to mix in fun and adventure and go with the flow. And, um, you know, but my, my brain is wired to, to think. I'm up all night long, too, thinking and, quite frankly, just incorporating fun into the business is how we get through it.
And I think that's so important because, you know, as I mentor people and I have other food entrepreneurs that come to me and ask for advice or mentorship, one of the things that, that I say is that fun is important and we have to travel, we have to do things and we have to go. But what Deborah and I do and what we do with, with our stepdaughters is we try to make sure when we go to places that we take time to enjoy where we are, even if it's a few hours every evening or you know, take a day in the city that we're in to go around, like you were saying with your family. Part of it is, is we have the opportunity to go make memories amongst all the things that we're doing. And we have the opportunity to actually make memories in the entrepreneurial things we're doing, like the shows and things like that. You know, and I remember we took Zoe to one of the events we did in New York and we just went around and we tasted food and we had someone we co-packaged there, um, co-packaged for there doing the show but we got to go around and meet people and meet other food entrepreneurs and sort of talk about the podcast and talk about what we do and, and other people we knew from the industry. And it just is this fun place. And it's so cool to be able to show them what we do and give them that experience and hopefully the entrepreneurial bug. Um, but in Deborah's and I's case, as both as entrepreneurs and, and partners in what we do. But as a family, I think it's important that you make time for each other and that it's fun. So I love that you talked about that for sure. And it's one of the things I always tell people if they ask me, how do I manage my time? I'm like, well, you have to be at places. So how do you take your family along? How do you make them invested in the business by being part of the shows or part of the sales? Like you said, driving around in the van or going to see people and spending that time together because there is a lot of time in cars sometimes and there is a lot of time on trips as a food entrepreneur or working, but you can spend time with your family doing those things. And it actually, in my opinion, from my own experience, both in what I have now, but also as growing up, that those are such great opportunities to form bonds with your family that not many families have who aren't in an entrepreneurial relationship. Like it's different, like on weekends, you know, packaging stuff or, or having to go do something or on, in, on the case of the one side of my family, we were on a farm. So it meant we had to get all this stuff done on the farm and the horses and all that together as a family in order to spend time as a family in order to make time to go on trips and all of that. So it led to a different type of bond with each other. And we worked together. I mean, literally still to this day, we, you know, we all come in for holidays and we step foot on the farm and everyone like disperses like an army of ants, like to help out my mom on the farm. Cause that's what my mom does for a living. But we, we just, I don't ever enter any situation, even as an entrepreneur or even as owning companies where I don't walk into a situation and easily be able to get involved because that's the way I grew up as an entrepreneur, no matter what it was. I was involved in doing whatever everyone was doing and being helpful because that's just the way I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. If you had time and you, I didn't have homework or I didn't have soccer and I walked into a situation and help was needed, you just sort of jumped right into it. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, that yeah, I love, that. well, I love to hear that that's how you grew up and can just roll into any scenario. And that's definitely what we're trying to teach our kids through this process too, you know, being an entrepreneur, owning a food business. I mean, we work seven days a week. That's just the way it is. Um, so, you know, you've got to live what you love and incorporate fun so that you can sustain it. And there would have never been an opportunity for me to take my kids on a trip 
or to a trade show when I was in medical sales. I mean, essentially, I would leave on a Monday morning, get on an airplane, and I may be home Thursday. Um, But, you know, I wasn't able to drive them around to their practices or pick them up from school or be home when they got off the bus. So, you know, there's a sacrifice that comes into it. But it's I'll take the seven days a week and let them be part of it and, you know, find the fun and all the joy in the midst of chaos. That's how we, that's how we approach life. So Jamie, I'm going to have one final question for you. And one of the things before I ask this question, I just want to say is I'd love to have you guys back on the show about eight to 10 months from now, just to hear how the new manufacturing facility is, is going and and continue to tell your story. So the, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people listening in that are going to ask about, you know, what happens after you open the facility and after you make that growth step. So I'd love to have you guys back on. Well, I would be honored to come back on. Um, Would love to talk about, you know, the growing pains and the new facility, the good, the bad, the ugly. And if you're here in Atlanta, I'd love to give you a tour of the new facility. Well, and just on that note, I mean, how can people reach out to you if they want to do that? So you can reach out to us, you know, there's through our website, you know, there's the contact us page. You can always send us a direct message through Instagram or Facebook. Um, But we're always entertaining requests for tours. And unfortunately, we're not set up to do that in our current facility, but we will be in our new facility. Well, and I love that. I love that you're allowing people to come in and see what you guys are doing. So it's not only can they eat your products and consume them, but also see how it's done. And I think that type of tourism or interest and people being able to see how their food is actually manufactured and and what you guys do is so important for people. So I think that's so cool. Um, And so here's my last question. My last question is this. what are the f- favorite things you do in your job as an entrepreneur? And what are the least favorite things you do as an entrepreneur? <laughs> so my favorite things at Georgia Grinders are to talk about the product and talk about ways in which you can incorporate it. I, again, love to cook and that's my strength and just showcasing the versatility of nut butters. In fact, we're getting ready for a big photo shoot next week. And, you know, I've spent the last couple of weeks preparing um, ideas and what we're going to cook and make for that to be photographed and, you know, just other ways to really showcase nut butter versatility. Um, The sales and marketing piece definitely is my favorite. I love to be able to pitch our product to distributors, talk about the history, why we're different and, um, you know, close business. That's what I'm driven to do. My my biggest challenge is uh, production, you know, scalability, taking it to the next level. That is, um, it's a challenge because we don't warehouse product. Uh, we want our product to be as fresh as possible by the time it hits shelves. And therefore, each purchase order that comes in is built to order. However, when, as we continue to grow and we're getting purchase order after purchase order after purchase order in and, you know, trying to map out a solid production schedule so that we can meet our deadlines, you know, that can definitely be a challenge. 
Yeah, I think that's um, one of those things where I'm normally people say the financial side. So I was interested to hear the the production side, especially since you guys are going in a new building. But I agree with you. There's uh, scalability and growing pains as as you expand any line as a as a person and. And, you know, it's, sometimes it's the cart before the horse is that, you know, okay, now I've got to buy all this equipment, but I may not necessarily use all of it to its maximum capacity at first. And it's just one of those things where it is one of the harder parts of the business because you also want to be efficient and you don't want to waste product and you don't want to overproduce. So it's such a balancing act. Well, it is a, it's a huge balancing act. And, you know, as we go out and try to, close new business, you know, we, it's, you don't want to bring on too much business if you can't meet the deadlines either. Cause that, that puts everybody in a sticky situation. So again, just growing as, as organically and methodically as possible so that we can deliver, um, fresh product. I mean, it's, it's a challenge with production. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the finance side of it. I, I don't think that's ever just turnkey for anybody of course we struggle with that and you know you've got certain payers that just don't pay the bills so you know it's that's that's a headache but i think that's just a general understood headache uh when you're an entrepreneur yeah of course i mean it's always chasing sometimes i feel like a money collector (laughs) i'm sure people in our business feel that way too and all the office managers in the different locations that they're actually money collectors having to chase people down and pay them Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I spend a lot of time tracking people down, but um, I think that's just par for the course. And, you know, you, you have to expect that, which is why, you know, when you plan accordingly for production and cost of goods and bringing everything in, it's it's just it has to be factored out. Yeah. So I guess I kind of lied before because I said it was my last question, but I actually have one more before we go. And that is the flavor of Georgia as a judge and, and someone who wants to make sure I continually, you know, put it out there and push the flavor of Georgia. I mean, how has your experience been with the flavor of Georgia and, and I've, you know, what has it meant to you and, and things like that? So give us a little bit of your experience there and, and things like that. Flavor of Georgia is phenomenal. I love what they're doing to support, you know, food entrepreneurs and the brands here in Georgia. And it really gives people that opportunity and that platform to showcase, you know, what they're doing, what their dreams are are made of. And hopefully, you know, for for some that it gives them that the courage to take their business to the next level. Uh, Georgia Grinders was fortunate enough to win Flavor of Georgia back in 2017 with our pecan butter, and um, it 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 did wonders. People they they had never heard of pecan butter. They wanted to order it. They wanted to talk about it. They wanted to know about you know what everything that the labor of love that went into making this pecan butter. Um, you know, and of course, being a UGA alumni in the College of Agriculture and Environmental Science, it's, you know, it's, it's full circle and where I came from and my next stage in life, getting into medical sales and then coming back to being involved with food manufacturing here in Georgia. Um, so I think, you know, if, if, if you have a food product and you're wanting to take it to the next level, you know, you, you, absolutely should enter flavor of Georgia and let 
a panel of experts give you feedback, network with other people within the industry and other brands because you know we're all in this together and no one has all the magical answers and it's just the collaboration and camaraderie that we gain from it. That's so important. And I think it actually gets people out there trying your, your stuff. And just so the audience knows as a judge in 2017 is where my Georgia grinders addiction started. And it's because I tasted and I'd had pecan butter before, but it wasn't the same as what you guys brought to the 2017 flavor of Georgia. So I mean, just doing the contest, I mean, I've probably easily paid your fees in the amount of butter I bought uh, for that contest. (laughs) And I'm sure it pays dividends being a winner, but just so the audience knows, I think it's just so important that there are contests out there when people are like, oh my gosh, I can't justify spending this money to enter this contest. It gives you a quick way to get products your product in front of the right group of people at an accelerated rate. And, and it doesn't pay dividends, I would say right away, but I think it leaves enough of a mark in people's minds that, you know, it makes a difference. And I know, and I was on the panel of judges this year and you guys were again, contestants this year, but everyone's talking about your products and everyone knows who you guys are. So not only did you put your product out there, but we're getting to know you guys as entrepreneurs, which I think is so important, which again is why I'm like, let's take this a step further and just, I have time and and I want to give back. Let's put together a podcast for everyone and continue to tell everyone's stories, particularly you guys in Georgia, just because I've formed such a tight bond and relationships with all of you guys through Flavor Georgia the last four years. And I feel like telling your stories is so important, but I think it is something that we need to do as entrepreneurs. We need to go out there and take the time to put ourselves out there and be in contests and be vulnerable and hear feedback and tweak our products and and, and see how it's going and obviously put it in front of people. I mean, so, you know, here I am in Colorado and I'm consuming, you know, Georgia grinders, you know, by the jar. So there's that. Um, and I would, it isn't even by the spoon. It, it used to be by the spoon, but I've sort of given up that and I just eat whole jars, you know, within a few days. Um, it doesn't last very long, but why not? And it, it doesn't seem to give me any negative health benefits, including gaining weight or anything, which I'm like, yes. And so it's, um, it's really cool what you guys are doing, Jamie. So I want to thank you again for being on the show. And I can't wait to, to continue your story and hear about your new facility. Well, thank you so much for including me on your show today, Justin. I think, you know, your dedication to food entrepreneurs and highlighting, you know, the daily grind, no pun intended, with what I'm doing is is an honor. And, um, you know, I, I invite you to come back to Georgia and tour our facility, and hopefully I'll see you at Flavor of Georgia in 2020. Yeah, I'm definitely actually going to take you up on touring your facility because I've never actually seen how nuts are grinded and stuff other than, like you said, in the grocery store where you do it yourself. So I'm just curious about the machines and the and the way it works. And obviously, it's never something I would do. So I leave it to you guys. But I would love to see how you guys do it because I do love your product so much. So it's pretty cool. And thank you again. And Everyone in the audience who's listening in, thank you guys for listening in. If you like what we're doing on the podcast, these entrepreneurs are volunteering their time to come on here and, and spend the almost two hours to do an interview. So share their stories. You never know who it might help. Uh, 
and share it. That's all we ask. You know, listen in, share it, tell people about what we're doing. If you want to reach out to me or be on the show, it's justin at thefoodentrepreneurs.com is my email. And uh, you can reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram at Justin and the Food Entrepreneur. So thank you everyone for listening in and have a great day. And I'll look forward to feedback and hear what you guys think of the show. 